Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. E from Wild is an understatement. What a freaking weekend in the National Football League. Oh my goodness. It is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. We will be keeping you up to date of what's happening between the Seahawks and Eagles. No score midway through the first quarter. The Seahawks did have an opportunity for a field goal. Jason Myers' 35-yard attempt was blocked, so they remained scoreless. But there were points in the Superdome, including a very important six in overtime, allowing the Vikings to drop the Saints today, Ephraim, 26-20. to It was a five-yard touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins to Kyle Rudolph that was not reviewed for for offensive pass interference, and the Saints have their heart broken again for the third straight season in the postseason. It, you know, it, it all boils down to the new season, this new season that we call the playoffs. And if you look at even yesterday's games and then today's game, that's a perfect situation. You got to have a short memory. Once you get into the playoffs, all bets are off. You know, I know the offense. Kirk Cousins going to grab the grab the headlines, but. We got to go to the side of the ball that I think won the game. Daniel Hunter, defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings, a part of that Vikings Huge defense Huge that game. wreaked havoc on the Saints offense. All game joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Daniel, congratulations. Thanks so much for coming on. 
Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. What, what was the message this week? Because we all know about Drew Brees. We know about how great he is. We know about how quickly he gets rid of the ball. What were you guys trying to do on that side of the ball to try to stop the Saints offense today? Yeah, we knew uh, we were going against a good quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees, he's known to get rid of the ball quick, you know, if there's not any pressure on there. So we, we had to find some way out of effect. You know, and, and doing that, we, we had to find ways how to get pressure up on his feet. And that's why we did what we did during the game. And all four of us were able to get pressure on him and affect him off on. Uh, number one, let me just say as a former player, uh, congratulations, brother. I know how exciting this is. Uh, you had a tremendous game. Number two, I want to talk about the other side of the ball for you guys and the offense and Kirk Cousins. So much has been said about him not stepping up in big games and so on and so forth. What does this mean not only for your team but for him and his confidence moving forward? Oh, man, people people going to be saying stuff. We, we, don't, we don't pay attention to him. We know what he's capable of, and he's going to come through with his job. So he's going to lead us all the way, lead us in where we need to do, and lead us to offense, and we're all going to follow him and take his leadership because he's a guy that we're confident in, and um, he's going to be doing his job. Vikings defensive end Daniel Hunter joining us here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Be honest, when Kyle Rudolph catches the touchdown, did you think that there was going to be a review? What were you guys doing on the sidelines? Well, I saw it, and we saw it, and then um, – we were trying to kind of just figure it out if it was a touchdown or not, and it clearly was a touchdown. And then, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on at the end of the game. It seemed like they were trying to review it or trying to take it back or something like that. I was kind of confused, like, did we win or not? But everybody came up to me, and they were saying, like, yeah, we won the game. But it was a, it was an exciting feeling, you know, have the, the game being won by a quarterback, you know, that so much people say so much stuff about. Hey, you guys did your job as well, and I think your coach is going to be uh, sticking around a little while longer, huh? Mike Zimmer, I know there's been rumors out there. How have you guys been handling that? Uh, I haven't heard anything about that, man. You know, We focus on our part, and they focus on their part. So, uh, our, our main focus right now is going to be San Francisco, and we're excited about it. That's awesome, brother. Congratulations. Uh, go celebrate uh, for as long as you can in this one. You, st- you guys still got work to do, and good luck to you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Vikings defensive end Daniel Hunter joining us here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. He had a huge game, man. He had a big play, a big sack and and, and a a fumble when uh, Drew Brees and that Saints offense had a lot of momentum. He just – they step up, man, and he was going against an an all-pro right tackle, and it really comes down. It's not about the awards. It's not about what you did last week or, or, or weeks prior. It's about the moment you're in it. When you need a big play, who's going to step up and do it? And Minnesota, especially those guys up front, did it for uh, defensively. Yeah, they moved him around as well on the defensive line. They even made note of it in the broadcast today at times. They're putting uh, him and Everson Griffin being moved around. When you have those two guys getting after the quarterback, I didn't want to sound like I was kissing his butt, but I think Minnesota <laughs> has a really good chance to make a run. I mean, like it's just when you look at that team, if they have – Everything clicking with on defense, with the running game. If Kirk Cousins is making throws to Adam Thielen and, and Kyle Rudolph like he did late in the game, it's difficult to stop. I know two weeks ago they put a stinker up against the Packers, and it may have to go through Green Bay if you can even get through San Francisco, that the team that's got a week off and, and is sitting there in the Bay Area waiting for Minnesota to come to town. But when the Vikings are at all on all cylinders, Ephraim, they are a very, very dangerous team. They're not your normal six seed that you usually would get. No, they're not. Joe Buck, who was on the call of the Viking Saints spectacular overtime thriller, joins us now. Let's focus in on that. Daddy, daddy. Now, 
Focus. Joey just had Daniil Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings on. He said that he wasn't sure exactly what was going on. They were telling him it was a touchdown, but he wasn't sure if they won. What were you guys going through in the booth in overtime on that Kyle Rudolph touchdown? Well, I mean, you know, that's kind of the the world we live in now. You you have to – they're going to look at everything and, and, you know, determine if interference was, you know, actually happening on that play. I don't know. I, I, there's definitely an extension of the arm, but I, we're we're just as in the dark as everybody else. I mean, you make the call, and you know the dome went absolutely quiet. And then you watch. I watch the Saints sideline, and they're all reacting to the big video screen, and uh, they're all pointing up to it. And then you go, "Yeah, well, that's right. They can now review these calls and make sure, and they can tack on offensive pass interference at the end of it. That's got to be what they're looking at." And then all the you know, as, as you start to kind of talk about that then everybody starts gathering back at the middle of the field and you think well i guess it's over they're not looking at it so uh nobody's really in direct contact with us on that we're just i'm just kind of reading how everybody is reacting on the field and and trying to go off that and and obviously they didn't determine it was enough to really stop the celebration by the vikings and look at it uh joe for me as a former player my whole sentiment is whether it was or not, you had an opportunity as a defense to not even let them get there, right? You you, you had a, a chance uh, in overtime to uh, – they had some huge thirds downs that they, they completed on, on and, and continued to drive. For me, it's, so, it's not so much about the last play. It's about what transpired in the plays leading up to them having it third and goal there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that's always kind of the – it's the easy thing at the end, and I think it's more of a fan's reaction uh, and maybe Twitter and, and then, you know, call-in shows, whatever, that it's an easy thing to point to and go, oh, yeah, well, they that was offensive pass interference, even if it is. You know, now it's third down again, and they move the ball back 10 yards, and they take another crack at it. So uh, – they didn't lose the game because of a no offensive pass interference call. They lost the game because Minnesota outplayed them, and and that's uh, that's what I saw. And and if um if you know it depends on who you talk to too. If if you go on New Orleans radio right now, Sports Talk Radio, everybody's freaking out about the the no review. And if you go on Viking Sports Talk Radio, you know they're all celebrating, and and that's not even really a topic. So it's it's all subjective, and it's in the eyes and the the hearts of the beholder. And we try to stay impartial here on Fox Sports Radio as Joe Buck uh, joins us here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Was there anything different with the Vikings heading into this game? Because we saw what happened two weeks ago at, against Green Bay. Didn't seem like it was the Vikings team that we had seen for most of the season. Was there a nothing-to-lose attitude coming into this, or was there anything different when, when you spoke with them leading up to this matchup? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think there was uh, there was definitely confidence, um, and and I think when you look at the overall offense and the output of it, it when you don't have Dalvin Cook, uh, the entire complexion of what they've done all year, it, there was a stretch there that, where they were as good as anybody, but that's because Cook is is running and and doing his job, and uh, you know he, he can be a dominant player, and it changes you know, what a defense does against these guys or tries to do. So when he's rolling, it opens up the play action. 
if even even the play action and throw it to him, which we saw a couple times in the game. So I, I just think it was a healthy Dalvin Cook. It was a, a hamstring of Adam Thielen being back to 100% for the first time since the middle part of the season. He missed six games. And, you know, I, I just think that's what it was. They got back to health, and they got back to looking a little bit better. And I thought defensively they, they just shut down everything the Saints threw at him with the exception of Taysom Hill. What does this do for Kirk Cousins moving forward? We all heard the rumblings of can't win the big game when the spotlight's on, he doesn't show up. What does this do moving forward, not only for him, but for the confidence that his team has in him? It's got to be, uh, it's gotta be uh, I think, better things ahead. You know, he's obviously made a ton of money. Uh, he's on year two of that three-year guaranteed $84 million deal. Uh but I, I think that this is a really prideful guy that's an over-preparer. Sometimes I think he gets in his own way. Uh, and, and I think this maybe takes the edge off. So I, I think it takes the pressure off of him uh, to a certain degree. But you guys know. I mean, it's, it's, none of this doesn't matter at all if, uh, if next week they lay an egg against the 49ers. They have to continue on and and they should be, you know, relatively healthy and uh, with a healthy Dalvin Cook, a healthy Adam Thielen, and a quarterback that's got a, another shot of confidence in him and probably more than he's ever had. They can be a handful. And defensively, when they're right, you know, they can shut down anybody. Joe Buck joining us here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Last one, and we'll let you go. And I'm just curious about this because you are such a part of baseball's postseason. We hear everybody say that the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs. What is it like in this arena over these three weeks? And I'm not even talking about a Super Bowl, but just of this. Can you compare it to baseball? Can you compare it to anything else of what we're getting over these three weeks? It's pretty fun. You know, it's, it's a blast. And, uh, yeah, you know, everything, everything I'm kind of like a guy going grocery shopping. <laughs> and, you, you know, when you're hungry, everything looks good, and you buy everything on the shelves, and when you're full, uh, nothing looks good. And I, and I think I like what's in front of me. So you give me a game seven in a world series and I'll tell you that day that nothing beats it. You give me a football playoff game and I'll tell you that nothing can beat it. You give me uh you know, golfers coming down the stretch at the end of a U.S. open. And, and I'll tell you, there's nothing like it. Uh, and you're right. The NHL is kind of, is kind of end to end, just brilliant action. But I, I, I just, they're all different and, and they're all fun to cover. And uh, I'll just go with uh, saying that I like what I'm doing and I can't wait for next week at Green Bay. Fair enough. Safe travels. We appreciate it. We'll watch you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Joe Buck, who was on the call of the Saints-Vikings thriller in New Orleans. Yeah, they're happy in Minneapolis and in Minnesota. Not so much in the bayou. Man, and what a start. What a start to these games. Absolutely magnificent. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Find Ephraim on Twitter at Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. If you are going to put in the rule, what's the point of having it if you're not going to use it? We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. He's from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. Big happenings in Philadelphia, and it's not good for the Eagles. It is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Get me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Get Ephraim on Twitter, at Ephraim Salam. End of the first quarter, Seahawks lead the Eagles 3 nothing. That's not what we're talking about. Carson Wentz has left the game after taking a hit to the back of the head. He's 1-4 for four for 3 yards so far in this game. Josh McCown, the 40-year-old, is in at Where quarterback for Philadelphia. Where is Nick Foles when you need him? Oh. <laughs> and... Oh, geez, it happened again. You thought then the way that Carson Wentz had played over the last month of the season. Actually, he's had a good season, but it's been spotlighted because of what they have not had on the field, yet he's continued his good play. There was a hiccup against the Patriots. There were times when I, I think even on our show I called. Maybe today was the first time I thought, I think it was that Patriots game when I said, yeah, maybe they could have used Nick Foles. To your point, wow, they really could use him today. They could use him today. Philadelphia faithful want Nick Foles back. My opinion, they trade for him in the offseason, especially if Carson Wentz can't come back in this game and they lose then can you depend on him to stay healthy? Can you depend on Carson Wentz, which he hasn't done it in his career, to stay healthy and be available when you need him? But one person you know is there when you need him. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, baby. <laughs> Nick Foles. Jacksonville doesn't need him right now. No, no. They're, they're ready to move on from him fast. And it happens like that. You go to a place as a free agent, they give you a bunch of money, just not a good fit. 
granted, he did get hurt on the first pass. I think first or second pass he threw this season, which happened to be a touchdown. Yeah, DJ Sharks coming out party. And he just was out, and sometimes it's hard to regain that footing, especially in a new situation. The chemistry's off. It it just – it, it wasn't working, and he was hurting training camp a little bit, so he he never really got that chemistry and that ability to build that with his receivers. And what's amazing is Philadelphia has kind of gone this season without a safety net. Remember, Josh McCown was retired. They had Nate Sudfeld, who had been the third-string quarterback for a while. He ends up breaking his wrist in the preseason, so they end up signing Josh McCown, having him come out of retirement to be the backup quarterback. But this has been the situation throughout the year. Carson Wentz has made it, but now Philadelphia with all – listen, both of these teams are extremely shorthanded. I'm sorry, the Seahawks have – 60% 60% of their offensive line to start the year isn't there for this game. They they are dealing with injuries as well. Running we know backs, about their they running have no backs. running backs that were on the, the, the roster. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I mean. Like you had to get Marshawn Lynch and another running back to fill out your running back room. That's, yeah. how, that's how bad it was. Is there anything? Like, if you're Philadelphia and Doug Peterson, how in the world do you handle this with Josh McCown? I mean. The Seahawks are shorthanded. I I have no idea because I don't know like how close to the vest they can keep it, you know, any more than they already do. I I just it, it it's going to be the Miles Sanders and Boston Scott show so for the next three the, hours. The, the bottom line is you're going to have to put your trust in in Josh because you don't. There's no tomorrow, right? This is it. You can't try to manage him he's been in the league a long time he was retired he's back in the leagues played a lot of football you literally have to just say okay I'm gonna call the game plan you gotta make the throws you gotta be able to manage this you gotta make the throws uh similar to what they did when uh Nick Foles came in they were like look we're gonna call it you run it sure that's it and and they have to put the onus on themselves as play callers as coaches to put this offense in the right position and not try to hamstring it or handcuff it and and, 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 and control it. All bets are off right now. You got to roll it out there. Seattle's not clicking on all cylinders, right? They're, they're not. So you got you to gotta really look at this at home. You're down by threes to the beginning of the second quarter. You have to go out there and you just got to play football. The Seahawks will get the ball back after the Eagles had to punt on Josh McCown's first possession. It's early in the second quarter. Seahawks on top of the Eagles. David Gascon will have more on that game. Give us an update in about five minutes or so. I do want to jump back to Minnesota and New Orleans because of what was obviously at stake and then what happens at the end of the game. And to see that sort of play, I know nobody else does. I feel bad for Saints fans. I don't think that this is worse than the Minneapolis miracle. I think that that one was the game that you were winning and some prayer comes up. But to see all of the hubbub of pass interference, the new rule was, Ephraim, I would argue that the new rule was put into effect more so for the playoffs in situations like this than it was for anything that we dealt with over those 17 weeks of the season because you just didn't want the biggest moments of a game to come down to a poor officiating call. Right. And for the NFL, and there there are reports saying that they did look at it, but they didn't figure that it was enough to trigger a review. That, to me, 
looks really bad on the National Football League because it is for these instances, and it just happened to be against the team that ended up getting screwed a year ago. Yeah, and I'm just watching the play and the angles that we saw. I Is there an infraction there? Maybe, possibly. But was it egregious enough for us to look at it, nullify the touchdown, back them up, 15 yards, 10 yards, or whatever it is. Like, I didn't see enough there. I don't and, – and and we know this is going to happen because we're all victims of, of you know, circumstance and society norms are to point the finger and blame other people. The fact that the matter is the Saints kicked off into an overtime and were not allowed – they weren't able, excuse me, to stop the Minnesota Vikings. They were not. There was no penalty on the long Thielen pass down the middle of the mm-hmm. field that put them on the two-yard line or the one-and-a-half-yard line. So don't fast-forward me to that one play and say, oh, the league m- messed it up again. No, the league didn't mess it up. The fact that your defense wasn't able to stop a team and a quarterback who had never had any success in the playoffs are a big game for that matter. With the crowd noise, all of the advantages that you had, you weren't able to stop it. So I don't want to hear that last play, they stole it from us again. Because that's what the narrative is going to be. And in my <laughs> opinion, that is not the fact. Period. The It happened to be circumstantial that the Saints were in the situation again. Like this, If this happens, if the same exact situation happens in the Eagles and Seahawks, it is still going to be a big deal, but to your point of it happening to the Saints of saying that we were screwed again, that's kind of irrelevant. I do think this. I do think that the NFL has mishandled this rule, which is not a hot take by any means. We've talked about it for 17 weeks of the regular season of what was going to happen. Today is the reason and will be the final reason why this rule is dead after a year. For the simple fact of now there's – Look at what happened with the Bills and Texans. You're telling me that that blindside block call it's terrible. had less of an importance than this one in overtime? Tell that to the entire city of Buffalo right. and the Bills Mafia, right? That was terrible. That was, ter- that was a bad call. So, so to not be able to look at that call where a mistake was made by an official of calling the penalty that it wasn't, to me it gets back to this. The NFL's just got to get better officials. Human error is human error. That's what it is. And the fact that we try to label, oh, we're going to review some some things, it, it doesn't matter because mistakes will be made. People are going to say, yeah, we got the rule in place. We still made a mistake. That yeah. call, uh, you know, uh, yesterday in the Buffalo Bills game, that was a mistake. No matter what you try to do to take the human element out of, uh, of officiating, it's not going to work because it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Period. And I would say that last year's Rams Saints call was because of what was at stake and not what was actually the problem with the situation. Mm. It was because so much was on the line, which then I would say to the NFL, isn't it the same case to at least look at it today, to at least go through the process? I thought he pushed off. In the NFL, as you said, everything is subjective. I, I think in a situation like that, though, you can't sit there and say if you have a baseline for what what is a pass interference and what is not, and from about week three in the NFL season, the NFL basically told us you're not going to get this overturned, so the threshold is is pretty high. 
that didn't reach the threshold of what we saw. No, I do think it, it was it offensive didn't. pass interference, yeah, but, I mean, but it's you, not to the threshold of what the NFL set. You're right, and you literally can make a, a, a call on every play. Mm-hmm. There is jostling and, 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 and hand fighting, and you know people will say, well, the, the game wasn't on the line. This was more important, any of that, right? They just called a, a offensive pass interference right here uh, in the Seattle game, which was less egregious than the one we we just saw in the Minnesota game. Once again, that's a matter of opinion. If this official was officiating the last game, maybe he caused that, the, right? The, the rule is put in place, but human error is still going to be the 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 genesis of these calls. There was a there was a third a third down a third and three or that the the Seahawks had on a pass where Russell Wilson with Joey Hunt the center snapped it because it looked like Malcolm Jenkins was offside. Yes. So you automatically snapped it and then Russell Wilson took a shot downfield. There was no flag. The point being something on offsides of a ball moving you can review. You can review a face mask, which I've told you and over and over the season, but you're not able to review it. But then you're on a play you're supposed to guess. Oh, it's it's just awful. I though do feel bad for Saints fans. I think I'm like in the one percent because everybody hates the Saints fans or wants to dial in and, and pour. I don't think they want to hate on them. They don't want to oh. hate them. They just made a lot about the no call in a game that was filled with no calls. Right, they made a lot about the last no call last year. They didn't, yeah, they didn't take the responsibility, as right. you said, just about even of this of just getting a stop on defense. Of, I mean, last year, heck, they had the ball, they got the ball in overtime, and then they threw the interception, allowing the Rams to kick. Right, not, so not, uh, yeah, there's so many things it's that transpire <laughs> to blame the loss on oh. one specific incident, one call. You, it, that's the, as a as a player, that's unrealistic for me. I see the game the other way because I normally look at myself. Okay, what could I have done different, right? And yeah. coaches need to say, okay, what play should I have called, right? The fact that the Saints had the ball and uh, Drew Breeze don't fumble. You know, I mean, they they have know, all the yeah. momentum. They're driving down the field. Drew Brees is sacked and and he fumbles the ball. Like that's what you got to focus on because if you're just focusing on the mistake or a missed call, then you can't address the things you need to address. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Over the next two and a half hours, I will figure out a great argument for the Saints. I'm going to figure out some way where it should work for them because today it didn't work for them, and they are done. I mean, we talk about Tom Brady's window, the Drew Brees. I mean, how many times can you just try to run it back again? It's <laughs> father time. I tell you what, uh, he's still smoking that ball down the field. Yeah, he is. You know. He is. He's also 40, so just some something, yeah. It just, man, I don't know how they can keep on bouncing back. From, from taking these lethal blows in the NFL playoffs like they have. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's get an update from David Gascon of what's happening in Philadelphia in our final wildcard game of the weekend. Dan, uh, Dan you mentioned the, the Saints and how they could recover, at least the fans. i got to imagine their blood is boiling right now after what Ephraim just mentioned because Jacob Hollister, that offensive pass interference against him was... Way less egregious. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> you took the words right out of the, my mouth when you called that. The bright spot is they can enamor themselves with Pelicans hoops for the rest of the year. Oh, boy. 
Lonzo so never, Ball. Never mind. Brandon Ingram. Hey, Zion. Zion's coming back soon. Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, we got LSU. All right. They got something to hang their hats yeah. on in a week and a half. We got our, our, our nine days, eight days. So, hey, let's just all pull for LSU. Here's a question, Ephraim. Since you've obviously played at that level, what do you think about officials not trying to correct their teammates in a situation like that? Because, you know, you're here, obviously, you don't want to have a game put in the officials' hands. Well, in a situation like that, do you think any of the officials want to uh, correct? No. No? No, because it's almost like an admittance of, 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 of fault. Nobody wants to be... You know the guy who the you know has to correct their 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 partner their crew, oh, piece right. of their crew even though none of these crews are the normal ones that work together during during the year which I don't sure. really understand. I'll tell you what, John Perry and Terry McCauley in their roles for their respective networks. Oh boy, wasted no time in disagreeing <laughs> with the the calls on the field. You're exactly right. Just they annihilating could, they them. Tweet yeah, it fast they enough. <laughs> yeah, I was on the delay and I'm like, what is what is Terry McCauley talking about here? <laughs> yeah, he was quick on it on that call. Um, you guys were mentioning this uh, Eagles Seahawks game right now. Carson Wentz was taking the locker room. Uh, he's questionable to return with a head injury that they're calling it right now. I guess other leagues you want to call it an upper body injury. So no word yet just on his status. Seahawks do lead right now 3 nothing. They have the football inside the 50-yard line of the Philadelphia Eagles. They start the second quarter right now. It's on NBC. Back to the other game, though. Vikings and Saints. Minnesota wins it, so they go to San Francisco next week for the divisional round. Dalvin Cook had 28 carries for 94 yards and also two TDs. Adam Thielen, though, was one of the heroes in this ballgame. Had seven receptions for 129 yards. Guys, who really made up for that early fumble that led to the quick three points for the Saints early on in that ballgame. Saints one and done. Minnesota goes to San Francisco. Divisional round matchup as well. Uh, guys, other stuff going on today in the world of sports. I guess you could talk about the NBA. No Kawhi Leonard today for the Clippers. They lead the Knicks right now 114-106. Lakers tonight, Memphis tonight, Phoenix tonight. Uh, do you guys really care about the NBA right now? <laughs> I will admit, today it's very difficult. I, mean, I don't it's, care! It's very, very difficult today with, with these games going on. And heck, even with yesterday of just, I mean, it was great to see. It was exciting to see the action and... Yeah, it's a little, it's a little tough. Yeah, ratings were actually up yesterday for ESPN, which is a positive spin for them because when you think about the wild card weekends, it's usually like Texans and Bengals mm-hmm. or like a third stringer for Houston, like TJ hmm. Yates in there, Ryan right. Lindley, whatnot. So ratings are up for them. Got to imagine the ratings will be up for obviously the games today as well too. Oh, and one other note: Tua Tonga Valoa, Nick Saban will have a press conference tomorrow. Yeah, I know people are guessing. They're saying, well, Nick Saban's going to be with him. That means he's coming back. I don't agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, I think that he's there to be like, I stand by him and his decision that he makes, I I, think. I'll tell you this. If Tua Tungavaloa decides to stay in college, it'd probably be the biggest mistake that uh, we've seen since the Matt Leinart situation. And I'll tell you why. And I love Matt, but we all know that his situation would have been completely different if he would have left a year early. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the hottest thing on the on the planet Earth. Um, Played football Tua, well, too. He did. Yeah. For Tua, it's more so not of a chance to, you know, continue to get better, but it's a it's if he gets hurt again in college, it's over. 
It's it's over. What, what about if you get hurt again after coming off the two ankle surgeries, the hip surgery? If you yeah. this is in in Great two years, point. amazing. This point. is in two years. If you stay and you get hurt again, it's over. You want to talk about draft stock plummeting? You can't spend that type of money or lock up that type of uh, uh, of money on a first round quarterback. That's five years of trying to get him healthy, number one, and then will he stay healthy? It, it's much more in the NBA draft, but I think there's an element in the NFL draft as well where the unknown is more appealing than the known. Yes. And so if you, to your point, come back and, and Ephraim, I would say not even get hurt again, but if he shows any more limitations because of the injuries, like that's just – then your stock drops even further. At least the unknown of, hey, we could get this guy, we could get him healthy. Like that's – Worst case scenario for him if he were to return to school. I, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. He's got to go now. And, and and then if he comes back, stays healthy, and he has a down year, right? They don't have the necessary weapons that they normally have, or they, you know, Alabama's they lose three games. Like any any of those things, completely take him out of the top five, top ten picks. And I just don't see why he would make the decision. Yeah, I know his brother's there. It was nice having him on the team and them playing together. His brother will be a little bit older. They're family-oriented. I heard all of these things. But in the business of college football and professional football, which it is, it's a business across the board, you can't make that type of deci- a business decision based on I want to hang out with my yeah, brother. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> what you can hang out during the bye week at my mansion or you know or whatever place that I just bought with my that's what you can end up doing with it. I agree. And Ephraim, if he is a first round pick, then you have the that sort of money. If he's not a first round pick and it works out, guess what? You get a little bit. You get a chance to get out of that money sooner than you, you would if you were a first. You gonna re up sooner. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of positives for him leaving, but we'll find out as David Gaskin says tomorrow with Nick Saban by his side. He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Byer, and yes, the Seahawks still lead the Eagles three nothing on the Jason Myers field goal, but that's not the story. It's Josh McCown's in for Carson Wentz, who's out with a head injury. Winner of this game goes to Green Bay on Sunday, a week from today, to face the Packers. Vikings beat the Saints earlier today, so they'll be in San Francisco on Saturday. The two number one seeds get to play on Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And going back to that Vikings-Saints game, you know, the the big thing, and I asked Joe Buck about it when we had him on earlier, about what this meant for – um, for for Kirk Cousins, right? It was much maligned. He they didn't want him in in Washington. He had the whole soundbite. Did you like that? A lot has been said about him stepping up in big games. So I'd like to hear exactly what that meant from his mouth. So you don't have an "I told you so" feeling uh, for all the people who said you couldn't win a big one or lead a winning drive or anything like that. Um. I, you know, it's it's fun to be able to uh, to win and to feel like uh, you know you're moving forward. But uh, my journey has always been one of you know, like the book, The Dream Giver. When you climb a mountain, you sit there at the top and you look around and you realize there's only more mountains to climb. And so, you know, being a fourth round pick and kind of working your way up in the league, uh, now you win a playoff game. Guess what? You look around, and you realize there's more mountains to climb. You know, you want to win another playoff game. You want to get to the Super Bowl someday. You want to win a world championship. So you just keep chasing the next mountain. And um, and there'll always be people, you know, who are gonna criticize you, and that's okay.
He lost me at in the book. So that's where, <laughs> that's where Kirk Cousins lost me. Uh, he won today. You know he what I took from that? Time. The maturity. Right? Before, it was all about whenever he did something people didn't think he can do. He was very, you know, in your face, pointing, look at me. And, and, and now you can just see this is a big moment in his career. And he's just very quarterbackian, very like, hey, this is what it is. We've got a lot of work to do still. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm going through the paces. And and I like that that growth and that maturity for him. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Great news. There's a quick and easy way you could save money. Switch to Geico. It only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com and see how much you could save. We'll give you more of an update on Carson Wentz coming up next year on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Seahawks holding on to that lead on the Eagles. 3 nothing. 4.46 left to go until halftime. Seahawks, though, trying to stop an Eagles drive, led by not Carson Wentz, but by one Josh McCown. <laughs> Wentz out of the game with a head injury. The latest is questionable to return. We'll find out more about uh, his status, I guess, through halftime 
maybe coming out of halftime, we'll have more of an update of if Carson Wentz is going to be able to return from this game or return to this game where the Eagles trail the Seahawks again 3 nothing. I wanted to read something from Al Riveron, but instead I'm going to first read something from Antonio Brown. The Antonio Brown curse, AB has just tweeted, at AB84, over the last week, the Steelers, Raiders, Bills, Patriots, and Saints all got eliminated. So you had the Steelers, where he played his career, started this season, obviously, after being traded to the Raiders. Prior to being traded to the Raiders, there was the report that he was going to be dealt to the Buffalo Bills, and then he turned that down. He wasn't going to go to Buffalo. There was the Patriots, where he appeared in one game, and then, of course, who did he work out with recently? The New Orleans Saints. So in the end, he from Salam, Antonio Brown is the one who gets the last laugh. Uh, really? Because he's still begging to get back in the league. <laughs> I know. So, oh, but think about that, man. <laughs> it just falls right into his lap for more Twitter content. This is what Al Riveron told the pool reporter after today's game. Larry Holder was the uh, pool reporter asking Al Riveron about the Kyle Rudolph touchdown. This is what he said. We looked at all of the angles that Fox afforded us, and they gave us some great views. There was contact by both players, but none of that contact rises to the level of a foul. This is consistent what we've done all year long. We left the ruling on the field. We let it stand. That from Al Riveron on why there was no overturning of the Kyle Rudolph touchdown at overtime that had the Vikings beat the Saints. I'm okay with that. I, I agree with that, and let's not try to find scapegoats in these games. We have to hold teams accountable for what they have and haven't done. You can't make stops. You don't get to win. That's the bottom line, you know, and I'm a firm believer is everyone has an opportunity. You line up and, and, and you fight. Don't beg for a call when they're on the four-yard line, you know, going in for a touchdown. There was – this is – my thought process and thinking of it and it, and it's definitely flawed but did you think that they were going to review it because they thought that there could be pass interference or did you think that they were going to review it because it's like man they can't do it to the saints again um like i know definitely not they can't do it to the saints again <laughs> right? I, I mean that's yeah not, that's what i thought too and i know yeah, that's, that's so flawed and officials yeah, would be they would that. balk at that that's what i thought like no. there's no way no. that this is going to happen again you can't think of it like that if you're if you're um you know the league because now you've you've become unbiased to a situation and now you're just doing it because oh we don't want to we don't want to hear what they have to say about this <laughs> You can't do that. You're gonna have another offseason no, in New that. Orleans. Well, we got a field goal. Jake Elliott good from 46 yards. So Josh McCown gets the Eagles in the field goal range. They cash in 3-3 with just under three minutes to go until halftime. By the way, at halftime of this game, we'll check in with our NFL insider Adam Kaplan, who's actually covering the game. We'll get the latest of what's happening in the first half, plus his thoughts of what happened yesterday in the NFL playoffs. It's something that we're going to dive into as well. Uh, of what happened with the Patriots and Titans yesterday. All that's coming up on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. I do want to just wrap up with this from the Vikings and, and Saints part of it. When I said like the Vikings, I think, have a legit chance because when they play at the best and they play on all cylinders, they're very tough to stop. I think next week's NFC Championship is going to be the winner goes to Super Bowl 54. I, I When you see how... Those two teams play what they do on both both offensive and defensive lines. 
I don't think the three other teams on the side of the bracket, Green Bay, Seattle, and Philadelphia, can match what Minnesota and the 49ers can do up front. I, I, I think you are, you're right, and the big reason is because they run the ball. They run the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. They run it often. They don't stray from running the ball, and that's something you need in the playoffs because it's all about clock management, control, and the, the control of down and distance. Easy from Salam. Get him on Twitter at E from Salam. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. 75% of the NFL wildcard weekend is set. The only thing left to decide is who's going to Green Bay next week to face the Packers between the Seahawks and Eagles. Where is Tom Brady going to be going next year? All that and more next year on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Listen, we'll get to Tom Brady's future at some point. It's not like we're going to have a whole entire offseason to talk about it anyway, or at least the next two months, Ephraim. (laughs) But now we somewhat know the future of Jason Garrett. We know that it is not going to be with the Cowboys. You just heard in the breaking news from Jay Glazer, the Cowboys informing Garrett he is out as their head coach. Wow. Finally, and I don't mean finally, I'm glad the Cowboys got rid of Jason Garrett. Finally, they actually made a decision on what they were going to do with Jason Garrett. And there had seemed to be, from Jay Glazer's previous reporting, that every time the Cowboys were like, no, this isn't going to work. He said, give me another chance or we can, I can make this work. And finally, the Cowboys have ended the drama. It kind of started when they started interviewing Marvin Lewis and Mike McCarthy over the weekend. It also may signal that maybe Mike McCarthy is the guy for the job, considering Glazer had said that McCarthy had such a good visit that he stayed overnight. But we do know this for sure. Jason Garrett out as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and it's about time. It was time for that that saga to end. It was time for that book to be closed. And look, we all know that Jerry Jones is is is, is you, you know his loyalty. He's loyal to a fault. Yes, sometimes. absolutely. And the good thing is, uh, his son is not so loyal and more. Um, uh, business-minded in terms of what you need to do to progress. And so having this done and off their plates, now they can move on. They can rebuild uh, uh, the culture there under uh, new leadership and see if that's what they needed to get over the hump. You know, Jerry's world for the stadium reference is a term that we use a lot with AT&T Stadium. But I think in this situation, it's apropos and, you know, in Jerry's world, things are one way. Things are, but not everybody else sees it that way. And it's only from his point of view. And listen, with all that power, with all that money, with everything that Jerry Jones is, you can understand why maybe it's difficult for him to see a different point of view because of not only of who he is, but the success that he has had, Ephraim. But this was something that so many were saying of, you know, how how does something like this happen? How does something like this get dragged out? Because there aren't 31 other organizations in the National Football League going through and dealing with the same sort of things that the Cowboys are. Jerry seemed to be in his own world with this. This now changes thing, things a bit as the Cowboys will chart on a new direction. Well, yeah, because he's going to do it, the things. He, it's very hard to tell billionaires uh what to do. Yeah, right. And when you have the, the you know the most profitable sports franchise in this country and you've built it from from nothing 
then yeah, you're you're going to make decisions based on what you want to do. So when you're talking about Jerry's world, you're not really talking about the stadium. You're talking about everything mm-hmm. a, 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 around the Dallas Cowboys, and it'll be interesting to see uh, who they do bring in to to be the the head coach. Because what type of control will they have? Is Jerry willing to maybe take a step back and relinquish some of that control to? Mike McCarthy or whoever, or one of these coaches that have that have had tenure and have had success, uh, and and have won Super Bowls. Is that something he's willing to do at this time? I don't think that's so. that's the question. I don't think so. Doesn't the matter answer, who you bring yeah. in there. I don't think that he is. I don't think that Jerry is willing to relinquish that. Can I give you my theory? This is theory only of how this played out. Because, again, it's it's Jerry's world. By the way, the Seahawks are set up. It's going to be a third and goal from them. They are uh, – actually, it was on a second and goal play. Russell Wilson threw a pass to DK Metcalf that uh, was off the mark in the end zone, but there is a flag on the play. Minute 11 to go until halftime. Seahawks and Eagles tied up at three apiece, and a roughing the passer call is going to give the Seahawks new life as they will now have a first and goal as Derek Barnett was hit with the pass or with the roughing the passer call. So the Seahawks will have it first down and goal from the five yard line. Should be half the distance from the 10 yard line. Here's my theory on what happened with the Cowboys. They start interviewing knowing that Jason Garrett is not going to be their next head coach. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy's interview went so well that Jay Glazer reported that he stuck around overnight and met with the team the next day. Marshawn Lynch into the end zone, touchdown Seahawks on a five-yard run, but second, third, and fourth efforts? Yeah. That's what they brought Beast Mode in. We saw saw it, although they didn't win that game last week, we saw him have a huge touchdown, and if they wouldn't have mismanaged that that second down in goal uh, last week, then we would have saw him score two yeah. touchdowns from, from the one-yard line. The refs line. would review pass interference. Maybe it would uh, happen. <laughs> Which, by the way, in, in the grand scheme, and I'll get back to my Cowboys theory in, in two seconds, I actually think it was better for Seattle to face Philadelphia than to face the Minnesota team, even it, though it was at home. I think to, I'd much rather face the depleted Eagles team than what Minnesota d- had going despite their loss to the, the, to the Packers in Week 16. Seahawks beat the Vikings in a crazy game earlier this year. I think it would have been tough to beat them again twice. We'll see if the Seahawks can hold on. They're up 9-3 with the extra point coming with uh, with Jason Myers with a minute six left to go in the first half. But so Mike McCarthy stays the night after interviewing at the Dallas Cowboys. Mike Zimmer is not going to be let go by the Minnesota Vikings. There is not going to be him wanting out of his contract to go to Dallas. And after today's game, for them to continue – in the playoffs, you know he's not going to leave Minnesota. And this is on the heels of the Vikings releasing a statement on Friday saying that their goal is you know, to have Mike Zimmer be their, their head coach in, in the future. To have Zimmer not only advance next week, but to get that far in the playoffs tells me that the Cowboys weren't going to wait another week. They don't want to wait and have Mike McCarthy maybe go to the Cleveland Browns. So now that Zimmer's out of the picture, I think Mike McCarthy is going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and what this tells us is that Jerry Jones wants someone who has NFL coaching experience. I know a lot of talk is talking about Urban Myers and Lincoln Riley, all these college-based uh, coaches, and this just let me lets me know with the current roster and, and the things that they want to do in the future that Jerry Jones is looking for someone who has that 
pedigree, that NFL pedigree already. You want somebody that the players can look at and say, all right, he's done it. The respect factor. Yes, yes. And to see what Mike McCarthy's done in the offseason to get that going. And, and I'll tell you what, Packers-Cowboys now takes on a new meaning if yeah. you've got two sort of teams, if if that would be the case, if Mike McCarthy ends up being the guy. But, yeah, the, the NFL experience, I was surprised that Marvin Lewis got an interview I, I know that Marvin Lewis seems to want back in. I was, I was surprised that he was the first one for the, for the Dallas Cowboys, but I think that the Cowboys now, knowing what they have with Garrett, knowing that Zimmer isn't going to be there, and if everything that they have is true about what you said about not wanting a college coach, you need somebody with that pedigree. With what has happened over the last 24 to 48 hours with Mike McCarthy just makes me think that that's the way that it's going to go. So we we shall see, but we do know that Jason Garrett is out as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. What would have been interesting is if the Vikings lost today and Mike Zimmer's future would have been up in the air, then that Vikings job ends up being one of the intriguing ones. But it will be filled for the uh, for the time being, that's for sure. No update necessarily on Carson Wentz. Still questionable return because of his concussion, that, or excuse me, upper body injury that he suffered when he was hit in the back of the head. Is that bad for me to assume? That it's a concussion, that it wasn't maybe something else, but Jadevian Clowney. Well, by the way, no penalty called on the play that had Carson Wentz being injured in this contest. The uh, the it was he was kind of going forward, and then Jadevian Clowney ended up jumping kind of on his back and going helmet to helmet. Yeah, I, I think um, it may not be a concussion, but he's in the protocol. They're going to check him out and make sure it's okay because it came directly after that hit in the back of the head. We'll see how it goes. It's 46 seconds till halftime, so we'll see uh, if we see Carson Wentz come out the second half in this game or do we stick with old man Rivers on here. And I also think we have uh, insider on insider crime coming from the National Football League. Adam Schefter just sent out a tweet to point out that Ed Werder had reported this on Thursday saying that the Cowboys were moving on from Jason Garrett. Kind of in a way... I think taking a shot at Jay Glazer, who just broke the Dun, 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 dun. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Jay ended up doing breaking news video on his Twitter feed, and you have the audio that that, uh, David Gascon played earlier. If you didn't hear it, this is what Jay Glazer reported about 15 minutes ago. Hey, guys, Jay Glazer here with the NFL on Fox. A little breaking news here. Dallas Cowboys have informed Jason Garrett He is out as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It's official now. Dallas Cowboys have moved on from Jason Garrett as their head coach. Straight from the insider himself, Jay Glazer. And and we got to see him, so we know it came (laughs) from him. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We'll check into Philadelphia next year as the Eagles and Seahawks continue to battle. That's coming. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Up here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Here come the Seahawks, breaking the huddle to the line of scrimmage. Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. He takes a hand up. He stops. He cuts back inside down. The, he's still in. He's in for a touchdown. Marshawn Lynch, touchdown Seahawks. It's the only touchdown of the game in Philadelphia. Seahawks lead the Eagles 10-3 at the half. Easy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. The breaking news, Jason Garrett is out as Cowboys head coach. The news from earlier today, the Vikings beat the Saints in overtime 26-20 on a controversial play at the end. Kyle Rudolph with the touchdown reception as Kirk Cousins gets the monkey off his back. But let's focus on what's happening in Philadelphia right now as we check in with our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Good buddy Adam Kaplan joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Adam, how are you? Guys, good to talk to you here at the uh, Lincoln Financial Field with all these injuries as well, guys. Eagles suffering yet more injuries, three key players out, uh, two on offense, one on defense, and that's why they're down in a bit. So far, ten to three. The uh, the Carson Wentz injury. I, I know it's difficult to get information, but can you at least give us an, an idea of of what it was like, at least in the stadium, when Carson Wentz ends up being walked off the field, taken off the field? What was that like in Philadelphia as it happened? Yeah, it was interesting. So so Wentz goes down, and, and what should have been a penalty because the, the defender finally led with his helmet, and then uh, Wentz went into the medical tent, and you could see. Um, it, he clearly did not pass the test, so he went back to the locker room, and uh, he's not returned to the sideline, but they, they still have him listed as questionable, not with a concussion, but a head injury, so that's, that's not a good thing, but uh, he's not out, and Josh McCown, the 40-year-old quarterback, playing in the playoffs for the first time in his career in terms of starting, so 
Uh, Josh, by the way, is their only other quarterback that they have active. And Greg Ward, the former University of Houston quarterback, is their emergency quarterback. We do not know who the emergency, who the emergency quarterback is for the Eagles right now. So it's going to be Josh McCown until further notice. Uh, when you look at both of these teams, both of these teams are marred by injury. Uh, some happening today, some happening uh, coming into the game. The Seahawks don't have uh, their you know Pro Bowl left tackle, Dwayne Brown, which in my estimation was one of the biggest reasons why they've struggled of late offensively, running the ball and protecting the passer. But just talking about what Beast Mode uh, ha- has meant to this team in, in dealing with the loss of all the running backs and him having that touchdown – can you sense that the momentum is shifting a little bit towards the Seahawks? Yeah, it did. In fact, I would argue from that the Seahawks should be up by more than seven points. Eagles have done very little on offense. Uh, talking to the Seahawks, they said, look, when they signed Marshawn, they knew he had not played in the game for 14 months. He actually was not in bad shape. They figured they didn't actually weigh him, I'm told. But uh, <laughs> they, they, believe it or not, he, uh, he, 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 he said he didn't need it. But uh, they said he looked a little bit over his normal weight of 225. Maybe he's around 230, but he's looked good today. And the touchdown run was beautiful. And that was hashtag beast mode at his best. I mean, he absolutely uh, plowed over the defense and ran it in, and he looked good. And uh, I'll give Russell Wilson credit. He's been under siege. Uh, Fletcher Cox, number 91, the Eagles' star defensive tackle, has been incredible. Flaps in their pocket. He's gotten after it. Uh, but Russell's had a couple superhuman throws, which he's done. By the way, the Eagles have never beaten the Seahawks in his career since he was drafted in 2012. Adam Kaplan joining us here live from Philadelphia. Seahawks lead the Eagles at the half, 10-3. to Our Fox Sports NFL insider. You're, you can also hear him on the Inside the Birds uh, Eagles podcast. I have a, just a quick question on their backup situation. Was the plan when we knew that Nick Foles was going to leave, but Nate Sudfeld had that wrist injury in the preseason? Was the offseason thought that, hey, Sudfeld's a good enough backup uh, for Wentz that will be fine at this position? How did that exactly go down? We were trying to retrace the steps of how Josh McCown came back out of retirement, but what was the Eagles' plan with their quarterbacking uh, position once Foles left? Yeah, Dan, Dan, it's very interesting. So they actually called uh, Josh's agent in the spring just to see if he wanted to play and see what his plans were. And he said he had not decided. I'm told by a, a source close to, uh, to Josh that three teams reached out, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Eagles. And the Eagles, when Josh was working for ESPN, uh, as you mentioned, Nate Sudfeld got hurt and they called him. And I think what convinced the really Josh to come back was a chance to win a Super Bowl, a chance to be in the playoffs. Uh, and that's actually the, the Eagles actually told him this. They thought before all the injuries, uh, they actually told Josh that they thought this roster is better than 2017 when they won the Super Bowl. So that's why Josh came back at 40 years old, uh, got a set of laden contract. We'll make a minimum of $4 million this season. And, uh, look, they need him. But uh, he, he looks a little rusty, which is what's going to happen when you haven't played and you're not getting a lot of reps with the first-team offense. So the Eagles, quite frankly, are very lucky to be down by seven. They ought to be down by way more than that, but I give the defense credit for hanging in. Much to the chagrin of my uh, cohort here, my partner <laughs> – uh, what 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 happens uh, for Carson Wentz moving forward as his, in his legacy if Josh McCown is able to pull this game off? And you know uh, Carson started this game off slow, one for four, three yards. It it seems to be in these big moments he you can't really depend on him in terms of injury. Right. So and of course this isn't his fault. It wasn't you know he didn't ask to be need or hit ahead. Uh, hit in the back of the head. But you got to really start looking at 
how much time he's missing in these big moments. It, look, it's true. I was at the game two years ago in L.A. Uh, at, you know, when he tours ACL. Uh, that was outside the pocket. Um, he's also had in his career, uh, actually his first injury, his broken ribs in his first preseason game against the Buccaneers in 16. Uh, he's, he's, you're right, he's missed a lot of time. Uh, but this season, by the way, he didn't miss any time. In fact, he was never on the injury report this season. He bruised his, his, his finger, but they never put him on the injury report for it. So this is really the first one, and quite frankly, we, we could say it's a cheap shot or not, but the but fact of the matter is he got hit in the head, as you mentioned. And uh, it's unfortunate uh, that he got hurt here uh, because, quite frankly, before this game, he was playing really, really well. Now, he did not get off the good start in this game. Let's, let's you know, be honest here. Uh, remember now, the, the, the Eagles' top three receivers are not playing. If the Eagles come back somehow this game, I'm told Deshaun Jackson has a very good chance to play at Green Bay next week, but they got to win first. This is the equivalent of playing Pebble Beach with a hybrid and a sandwich. <laughs> like, like you're, it's great to be in the playoffs. It's great to be at Pebble Beach, but you just don't have the equipment to fully enjoy it. And that's kind of the situation with both teams. Hey, hey, hey Dan, yeah. you're not going to believe this. So many years ago, I, I played three years of golf in high school. I don't play golf much anymore, but I get invited to charity events. I was so scared of Pebble, I refused to actually... <laughs> rent clubs <laughs> it's so funny you said that because that's absolutely the truth i can't believe i did that i was stupid i w- if i ever get another chance i'm playing it and i'll just suck it up and play and get it and and put up 120 strokes yeah around yeah you gotta enjoy it heck you're I in the, know, you're in I the know. playoffs hey quickly i know second half's about to begin sure. but the garrett news comes out he's yep, out do yep. you know any any path is it mike mccarthy's <laughs> since he apparently had a good interview what do, what do we know there i mean he would be look i i would expect unless they felt blown away that they'll look at other candidates but I'm told that from day one, Jerry Jones was not going to go to college unless he had to. He wanted a veteran head coach who he thought he could win with. Remember, Jerry's 77. And one more thing, talking to coaching sources there with, with uh, the Cowboys, they still don't know. They have not heard from Jason yet. Obviously, they're going to hear from him within 24 hours. In fact, they were told by text message over the weekend um, to not go into the building until, um, they, until the Cowboys decide what they're going to do. Because mm-hmm. they were... They, Mm. To me, this thing, this thing should should go within the next couple of days. Uh, I would expect this is probably going to be the first one to get done, but you never say never with Jerry Jones here. But again, he's at seventy seven and he's going to want to win. So I expect this to. I expect Mike McCarthy though. The reason why he's he's the first guy up, at least having the, the best chance, Super Bowl winner. And by the way, where did they win it? Yeah, in Dallas in that stadium. I was there, and I was actually worked for FoxSports.com. With RJ Glazer at the time. Oh, well, uh, that could come full circle. Adam, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the second half of this punt fest, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. You got it. Thanks, <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Adam Kaplan. By the way, the Eagles, right out of the gate, Zach Ertz is in the Seahawks territory from Josh McCown, and it's going to be McCown's game for the rest of the contest. Doug Peterson telling NBC that Carson Wentz is out for the rest of the game because of a head injury. Man, I, look, I. I, I get it. I know it was like a fluke thing, but the guys on that field and in that locker room don't care. What they care about is availability. Sure. Right? And and you're looking, you're on the offense and, and the offensive line, and you're looking at and you're just like, man, it seems for those guys who've been there, it seems that we can't get you when we need you. Right? Like, at mm-hmm. some point, at some point, you're going to be like, okay, he's injury prone. 
lots of guys get hit in the head. Lots of guys, you know, scramble. It, it, it's it's not that. It's that when contact is made with you, it has a more severe effect yes. than someone else. That's what injury prone means, right? You can't say, "Whoa, he, he got hit in the back of the head." A lot of guys get hit in the back of the head, right? It, it happens. A lot of guys dive and and they get their legs hit. It happens. So you 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 have to at, at a certain point, you have to decide like, okay, he's making a bunch of money. We know that, but when it really comes down to it, if Josh McCown is able to pull this off. What does that say about the value of Carson Wentz? He didn't have a rock star year. They limped into the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? They weren't 13 and 3, 14 and 2. He wasn't blazing up the field. What does it say about number 1, Carson Wentz's ability to be available and number 2, his growth at the leadership and quarterback position. The the it's not going to be Josh McCown's job for the future, but no, I think you're, you're 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 spot on especially for for what they want to do and that's why I talked about the backup quarterback situation because it does seem like wow, bringing out a 40-year-old guy out of retirement isn't the best play, but the Seahawks did it with a 35-year-old running back 2 weeks ago out of necessity. And that's where like the Eagles like we talk about the Nick Foles situation. They're not going to pay him the amount of money that he would make as a starter to stick around and be the backup. So the whole question is is do you go with Wentz? Do you go with Foles? Well, they made the decision when they gave Wentz his contract. The Eagles thought that they had a backup plan with Nate Sudfeld of being guy who, by the way, got a lot of reps because mm-hmm. of the injuries that the Eagles would have in preseason. I mean, he, I think there were times where he would play the, the entire game. It just hasn't worked out because he got hurt as well. But to your point of all of those plans, like everything has to be in place because of your injury-prone quarterback, and that's what's such of a risk with Philadelphia. In a division, by the way, that, I, I mean – Washington is Washington, but I think they've made a good hire with Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. You've got two key pieces with the Giants. Now whoever's going to coach him is a different story, and now Dallas is moving in. So there's there it's not going to be as easy maybe as it was this year, as you said. It's a team that only went nine and seven, right? And and you know, they this they have to address this. This has to be something that they really have to look at because I know Jacksonville is going to be ready to break ties with Nick Foles, so. If I tell you this, if Nick Foles were be were in this game right now, that 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 stadium will be rocking. Yeah, because they would know that they really got a legitimate shot, and they would they would be willing to bet that Nick Foles can pull this thing out. That's the difference. He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Second and goal for the Eagles on the Seahawks eight yard line. Again, they trail by seven. Get Ephraim on Twitter, at Ephraim Salam. I'm at Dan Bayer on Foxes. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. For the latest of what's happening on a super busy day in the National Football League, let's go over to the news desk with David Gascon. Latest and greatest, fellas. Seahawks and Eagles going at it from Philly. Here come the Seahawks, breaking the huddle to the line of scrimmage. Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. He takes a hand up. He stops. He Cuts back inside down the He's still in. He's in for a touchdown. Marshawn Lynch. Touchdown, Seahawks. 
He was stopped at the one, spun out of a tackle, and kept those legs driving from five yards out. And Beast Mode helped the Seahawks extend the lead to 9-3. to PAT was actually up in good, so right now Seattle leading 10-3. Seahawks just stopped Philadelphia inside their 10-yard line, so it looks like Philadelphia have to kick a field goal. If it does go through, it'll be a four-point ball game. Also, one additional note, Carson Wentz, who was injured in the first half, knocked out. He will not return in this affair, so it's a bad blow for Philadelphia in the worst kind of way for them. Earlier today, Minnesota also advanced. Third and goal from the four. Kirk takes the snap. Looks right, fade left, end zone, and it is caught! Touchdown! Bonjour, San Francisco! Vikings Radio Network, they win it 26-20. The hero of that one, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, who set up the game-winning touchdown, got caught down at the two-yard line. He finishes the day with seven receptions for 129 yards, no TDs. A couple of them went to Dalvin Cook, though. He had 28 carries for 94 yards. And as a team, Minnesota rushed the ball 40 times for 136 yards. In the victory, they head west. They'll take on the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round matchup. Guys, you were mentioned at the top of the hour, Jay Glazer, amongst others, reporting that Jason Garrett is now out as head coach officially for the Dallas Cowboys. A couple things on this. First off, online, if you want to place a wager, um, Bet Online has Lincoln Riley as the odds on favorite to be the new head coach of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Josh McDaniels and Mike McCarthy are plus 700. Um, Dan, I. I mean, you're from Wisconsin. Do you have any ties to the Badger family at all? Um, no, not really. No? Ephraim, you no. was San Diego State? I mean, Rocky Long? No. No? Okay. Kind of curious just because one name that's not in there at all, Urban Meyer. He doesn't even rule on there on the on the mm. betting line. Well, I, you know what I thought was interesting with all of this and with the Ed Werder report on Thursday yeah. was that all these guys are getting interviews and the Dallas is still sitting there spinning their wheels. So either... Jerry had someone in his back pocket that he knew that he was going to get, um, or he's just doing everybody a disservice. I mean, he's even, I don't think Jason Garrett's going to coach somewhere next year, but he's doing Jason Garrett a disservice by keeping him around in the building. Yeah. You know, I mean, if and if there's a, let's say there's, I, I used this example on Friday, if there's a linebackers coach that for the Cowboys, just use as an example, that maybe has a tie to Ron Rivera who's filling out his staff. Yeah. If you don't know what's going to go on in Dallas, maybe you go to Washington and help fill out that staff. That's what That was the problem with Jerry and not making the decision of all the other people that they were hurting. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, Jason Gary, and this, this would be funny, because and this would be apropos, this would be something that the Browns would do. They would bring him in for a meeting, right? Like, as, as much dysfunction as Jason Garrett has exhibited in Dallas and not being able to get them over the hump. I mean, he specializes in eight and eight and eight and eight in Cleveland. That's a parade. Hey, I'll tell you what, you be the Browns. I'll be Jason Garrett. Okay. Let's set up an interview. This is how the call is going to go. Okay. You're the Browns. I'll be Jason Garrett. Hey, Jason. I just heard about the unfortunate news. Would you like to come in and uh, maybe do an interview? Yeah. Yeah. I got the whole week free. Um, Let's uh, let's, let's do it. That sounds good. We're leaning heavily towards, um, you and uh, we like what you've done in, in 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 Dallas. Can you come and change the culture here? <laughs> I can tell you this: my hair matches your colors, so that makes me the right fit. Done that would, and done. That's the that would be how you would be uh, Jason Garrett's interview with the Cleveland Browns. All right, that's bad role playing, but hey, <laughs> hey. It, just, it shows the dysfunction of what you've got 
in uh, those two situations. Jason Garrett's not going to go anywhere. Not, nobody's going to be like, you know what? We want Jason Garrett to run our offense. Nobody's no. saying that either. No, you-, you know what? And look, Jason Garrett has been the um, he he's been the you know the pinata. Like we all we all can take our turns, spin around with the blindfold on, and take wax at him. But when you look at the situation, it's hard for a coach to be in a situation where you can't, you don't really have control. Like the the, the guys and the respect and the the trust in that locker room, it just wasn't there. And once you don't have that, I mean, you lose the locker room and you you lose the faith of management. Then what is it? What what else left is there? Not much. And I and I think we experienced both of those with Jason Garrett for the last couple of years, not just. Uh, not just this this past season. It, I think this was just the culmination of okay, enough is enough. Ephraim, you ready to play a new game? It's twenty twenty. Let's have some fun. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Here's the new game. The new game is called Easy as One Two Three Four. All right. One Two Three Four is the game. We can strike up the band. One Two Three Four. Easy as one, two, three, four. Ephraim, you're going to be the subject here. Okay. I've got four basically topics here that I need you to give me the answers to. You'll have Gavin Kinzel, our executive producer, our technical producer, Sam Kinsley, and our anchor, David Gascon, all available at your disposal for help on any one of these questions. I will give you a question. You can then decide if you want to answer it on your own or use one of the three to help you through the process of answering that question. Okay. What I need you is I'm going to give you a topic. You'll have to give me one answer. If you get that right, you get one point. If you don't know the answer, you get it wrong, you get zero. The next time, I need two answers from you, and that's how you accumulate points. It's a perfect score of 10 in this game. That's what you're aiming for, but you'll have the hope of, uh, help of your crew in basically every question except for one. All right? Okay. All right, here's the situation. Number one, Ephraim, I want you to name one of the two players who were unanimous picks as first-team All-Pro this Ooh. week in the NFL. So if you want to take this one yourself, you can, but there were two players that were unanimous picks, or you can actually use any one of the three guys to help you out. Two players who and were I just unanimous need one of picks. Them. Yes. I just need one of them. Wow. This is good. How about... Ooh. This is good. This is good. You want to help from any other crew? No, Dave? no. I'm, okay. I'm going to take this one by myself. All right. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. That is incorrect. Oh! He received 47 out of a possible 50 votes, what? but was not unanimous. Russell Wilson got three votes. Michael Are Thomas me? was one of the answers. Oh, I should have known that. And the other, Stephon Gilmore, cornerback for the New England Patriots. All right, so there's a zero. Wow. What I need to know from you, Ephraim, the Patriots have three wins this year over teams with a winning record, over 500. Give me two of those three teams. Or Bu- give me those two of those three wins. Buffalo twice. That is correct. He doesn't even need you guys. Yes, he got him right. Two points for Ephraim. Buffalo, Buffalo, and these Philadelphia Eagles. Those were the three wins that New England had over teams with winning records. All right. For three points, name three of the four candidates that the Browns have interviewed this week for their head coaching vacancy. There are four candidates that have interviewed so far for the Cleveland Browns. And I need to name three of them. Yes. Again, you have... 
Gavin Kinzel, David Gascon, Sam Kinsley available to help you out? I'd like to call on uh, Gavin. All right. You're using Gavin. Gavin, can you help him out? You 49, 49ers defensive coordinator Salah. Is it Robert? Robert yes. Salah. Salah. Yes. Yeah. Robert Sala. Okay, that's one of your answers. I need two more. Okay, I'd yeah. like to call it. Can I still use my... Well, Gavin's your guy for this one. Yeah, so okay. you guys can oh, that's a, okay. So we yeah. can work together. All yeah. right. Yeah, you can workshop okay. this out. Cool. All right, so, what well, we got? We, oh, we do have we got a touchdown. touchdown. DK we, Metcalf. Seahawks in the end zone. All right. Excellent. Oh, come on, Gavin. Don't, don't I know. I, uh, climb up now. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy you is like my second one? guess. Okay. And you got one more for me? One more. How about... Easy as one, two, three. Ron Rivera. Four. All right. You guys got... We got two. Two correct. Two correct. You got Robert Sala and Mike McCarthy. The other two were Greg Roman and Eric Bieniemy. So Greg Roman, the Ravens. Uh, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs, Chiefs offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. Okay. Final one in the Tom Brady era. Ephraim, name four of the five teams that have beaten the Patriots in the AFC playoffs. Uh, four- Col- Colts. I need four teams. Okay, Colts. You could go to David Gascon, Buffalo or Sam. I'm, I'm giving you yeah, answers. I'm writing them down. Colts, Buffalo. All right. Um, let's go with you, David. Oh, come on. Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. We got action. That's my guy. All right. SDSU for life. <laughs> I'm just about that action, So boss. you got a total of four points entering this. Oh, yeah. This one, you got two correct. You what? got two correct. Yes. The, the teams that have beaten the Patriots were the Broncos. Colts, Ravens, Titans yesterday, and the Jets. So, yep, there it was. Who did I say? What did I Bills say? Bills and Steelers. Steelers haven't beaten in the Tom Why did Brady I say era. Bills? I don't know. I was surprised at that. I one. didn't even mean the Bills. I actually <laughs> meant the, the Titans from yesterday. Hey, six points. That's oh, a good start. Terrible. For easy as one, two, terrible. three, four. The uh, touchdown pass from Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf covered 53 yards. Caught it at about the 10-yard line, wasn't touched, got up, ran it to the end zone. That's a good game. Seahawks now have an 11-point cushion midway through the third quarter. Heasy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you put Easy as 1, 2, 3, 4? I, I like that. That's a 9. A nine. All right, yeah, a 9. I like that. We'll, That's run a good it, game. we'll run it back again <laughs> next week. But coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, big news out of Big D and heartbreak in the Big Easy. It all comes up here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Lockett goes in motion. Russell play fake. Now he's going to throw down the middle. Got a man. Metcalf makes the catch. Diving. He is in for a touchdown. Seahawks. There it was. The touchdown call of the Seahawks radio network, allowing them to extend their lead to double digits against the Eagles. But the Josh McCown led Eagles are in Seahawks territory. It's seventeen to six Seattle in the final wild card game of the playoffs. About five minutes to go in the third quarter. Let me tell you how it all began. I used to sing. <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. <laughs> Short dog. Shout out to the Bay Area. Oh, I thought there was more. I thought we were going to have more. There's no And there's no lyrics. You just have the. Uh, no, the, I, I mean, I know the lyrics, but uh, I, you yeah. know. Well, that's. I no, I didn't know I if really it was. It like I that. didn't know if it was in the track, but that was really good. <laughs> Ephraim's album drops, by the way, coming up in March, twenty twenty. That was that was really good. That was really good. It's called Chicken Wings or Fries. <laughs> the Vikings were really good today, topping the Saints twenty six to twenty in what seems to be a redemption day for Kirk Cousins. Before we get into that, want to let you know we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven auto. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Now what we have to figure out. Is is this a new found Kirk Cousins, or was this just the exception to the rule when it comes to Kirk Cousins and important games? Look, I think when you're in a position like Kirk Cousins has been for pretty much his entire career, um, I think any momentous win like the one he had today on the road 
right, going against arguably the best passer of the football we've ever sure. seen in the NFL, in my estimation, who'll have all the passing records in the league when he's done playing. I think that does a tremendous amount for him mentally, which will allow him to take that next step. He answered the question, right? Although as players we're taught not to listen to the the naysayers and 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 and, and all the comments, subconsciously it's there, you feel it. And if you haven't had anything that you can point to in your career uh, that goes against the opposite, then it, it kind of becomes what you are. Sure. So having this win, the way it happened in overtime, you yourself as the quarterback making the big throws, right? The the, the throw that got them down to the two-yard line. And then finally, the – the, the the throw on third down to win the game in overtime, those types of things that you've actually done, you can call on now. So now the next step is, okay, what's next? You have the momentum. Now if he comes out and he has a tremendous game next week and they pull that off, now we have to start talking about Kirk Cousins in a whole different light because these teams that he's going through, these are the top teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that- Period. Doesn't matter when you kick it off now. You know, we always talk about Kirk Cousins in primetime or in night games. And this, you know, this was an early game today, but it was still a very important game. And let's be honest, if you're going to build a legacy or you're going to build a resume, it starts with one. And today was one. Now we'll find out next week if it's two and maybe after that three, but at some point you have to start at one. And Kirk Cousins got his one today. And you're right. And I'll tell you this that 84 million guarantee now. I mean, this is what you paid for, yeah, right? Yeah, and, and Joe Buck said today, you know, finally Thielen's healthy. And I know he, it, it, you can even tell that Adam Thielen had a little rust off because he fumbled on the team's first possession, still is able to rebound. Dalvin Cook is finally healthy. They had him today. He was good on the ground for for the Vikings. So now everything is kind of coming together, and if Kirk Cousins can put it together, then great. Wow. But remember, Dalvin, there, Dalvin Cook was a no-go in that Packers game two weeks Best ago. Best thing that could have happened to Kirk Cousins was – the growth of Dalvin Cook, his health, the health of Dalvin Cook. Having him to lean on is tremendous. That's what you need for Kirk Cousins. You don't need Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. You want him to throw the ball 31 times, right, and hand the ball off 40 times because that's what it was. Or 38 times minus his two two runs. That's what you want. You want him to hand the ball off 38 times for 136 yards and two touchdowns and let him make those special throws when he has to. Easy from Salama. I'm Dan Beyer. The Eagles kicked a field goal, unable to get into the end zone. So the Seahawks lead it 17-9, to two minutes to go in the third quarter. And Jerry Jones has made it official, releasing a statement saying that the Dallas Cowboys announced tonight that the t- team would not seek a new agreement on a contract extension with head coach Jason Garrett. In the statement, Jerry Jones says, quote, We are extremely grateful to Jason Garrett for his more than 20 years of service to the Dallas Cowboys as a player, assistant coach, and head coach. Jason Garrett done in Dallas. Are the Eagles done without Carson Wentz? And what about his future? We talk about it next year on Fox.
Down the stretch they come in Philadelphia, entering the fourth quarter. Seahawks and Eagles in the final wild card game of this wild NFL playoff weekend. He is E from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We'll get you caught up to date of everything that's happening in Philadelphia. Seahawks with that eight-point lead. They have the ball As they start the fourth quarter, it was earlier today that the Vikings took out the New Orleans Saints in overtime in their wildcard game in the Big Easy, 26-20, as Kyle Rudolph got a touchdown pass from Kirk Cousins in overtime to win it for Minnesota on a controversial play at the end where it appeared Rudolph may have committed offensive pass interference, but we can tell you that the NFL watched the replay and Al Riveron said that they did not think that the actions of Rudolph on the play constituted such an infraction. So the play on the field stands and another Saints season ends in controversy. Yeah, I don't even want to say controversial because that alludes and that you know signifies that there was some egregious thing that, that happened and it wasn't. It was game flow. It was jostling. It, it wasn't what we saw last year, right? It Mm -hmm. wasn't that blatant in the open field that, you know, pass interference that we saw. And I don't want Saints fans or Saints sympathizers to say, oh, it's something against us. Look what they're doing to us again, because that's not the case. They had plenty of opportunities prior to um, uh, overtime Mm -hmm. and in overtime to step up and, 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 and turn it in their favor, and they didn't. I thought that the NFL, and this is an, an optics sort of thing, if we knew the threshold of what is pass interference and what is not pass interference, I did wonder if because it was the Saints, if there would be a possible review and maybe an overturn because it was the Saints. But if this was any other matchup in the National Football League, if it was during the regular season, from what we understand as pass interference, what Kyle Rudolph did it did not constitute it. But what it does tell me, Ephraim, is that the NFL's solution of instant replay on pass interference was not the end all be all. And not only that, we have the same we are basically in the same situation as we were last year that they took two months to figure out because now we're saying, well, if you're not going to implement the rule or if you're not going to take a deeper look at it, we're still complaining about the call that was made or wasn't made, and in this case, wasn't made on the play. So the whole, the whole idea of allowing pass interference to be replayed doesn't change what normally happens in these situations is that people are complaining. And and that's what's going to happen. We're going to complain now if there's a review. This is going to be the end of pass interference replay in the NFL. It is done. Yeah, and look, even when we had the coaches challenge it, not very many were overturned. Yeah. They were trying something out. Okay, we'll we'll move on from it. And you just got to be in better situations as as – as a team and as players to, to, you know, not let it come down to the call. What I found interesting, and I do, I think like the coaches, the coaches ability to challenge is so intriguing. By the way, the Seahawks are punting it back to Philadelphia. They got to midfield, but at a drive stall. So Josh McCown and the Eagles will take over at their own 11. And if you're just joining us, Carson Wentz out with a head injury is not going to return to the game. So it's Josh McCown's show from here on out as the Eagles trail by eight. But as, as you look at 
as you look at where where we are with with pass interference, this the the Buffalo Bills to me have more of an argument about penalties being replayed from what happened yesterday on the blindside block. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but that to me is something that is just. You know, on a play where where a guy does the right thing, he actually made the actual block. For as much as the Saints want to complain and, and have you know, for the last two or three years from what has happened to them, I actually think that the Bills may have more of a gripe considering the blindside block robbed them of an attempt at kicking a 55-yard field goal. Take Deshaun Watson's great play at the end of the game and what they were able to do. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm maybe even more sour than what the Saints had to deal with today. Yeah, I, I mean. What we learn from both games and from every game is human error is still human error. Mm-hmm. You play the game. Things don't always go your way in terms of, you know, officials. But let's not let that be the reason. That's the most important thing. Let's not let that be the reason. Let's take care of our business and get it done, especially in the playoffs. Because – if you're out there pointing fingers at everybody like the Saints fans did for a whole year, you're the reason why we didn't do this. You're the reason why, why when you look at that game, they had plenty of opportunities to take advantage mm-hmm. of their situation. And they chose to call the wrong place. They chose to do the wrong things and focus on the wrong efforts. And that that play happens, and now it's easy to point to that because you don't have to look at your own deficiencies. And I'm not for that. If I come out of a game, the first thing I do is look at myself. Sure. I look at myself. Ravens t-shirt. No one cares. Work harder. No one yeah. cares. Work harder. Yeah. That's it. So I mean, I got a whole other year of Saints Nation feeling like they've been wrong. Now, the Minnesota Vikings got it right and are moving on. We had the fortune earlier in the show to talk with one of the main parts of the team's defense, Daniil Hunter. Now, Ephraim and I were able to talk to him basically as the show kicked off, just as the Vikings were wrapping things up out of the locker room. But we talked to him about a wide variety of topics after that emotional victory. We want to play it again for you here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Here was our conversation with Vikings defensive end Daniil Hunter earlier in today's show. What what was the message this week? Because we all know about Drew Brees. We know about how great he is. We know about how quickly he gets rid of the ball. What were you guys trying to do on that side of the ball to try to stop the Saints offense today? Yeah, we knew uh, we were going against a good quarterback. Uh, Drew Brees, he's known to get rid of the ball quick, you know, if there's not any pressure on there. So we, we had to find some way out of effect. You know, and, and doing that, we, we had to find ways how to get pressure up on his feet. And that's why we did what we did during the game. And all four of us. We're able to get pressure on him and affect him off uh, Number one, let me just say, as a former player, uh, congratulations, brother. I know how exciting this is. Uh, you had a tremendous game. Number two, I want to talk about the other side of the ball for you guys and the offense and Kirk Cousins. So much has been said about him not stepping up in big games and so on and so forth. What does this mean not only for your team but for him and his confidence moving forward? Oh, man, people people going to be saying stuff. We, we, don't, we don't pay attention anymore. We know what he's capable of, and he's going to come through with his job. So he's going to lead us all the way, lead us in where we need to do, and lead us to offense, and we're all going to follow him and take his leadership because he's a guy that we're confident in, and um, he's going to be doing his job. 
Vikings defensive end Daniel Hunter joining us here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. Be honest, when Kyle Rudolph catches the touchdown, did you think that there was going to be a review? What were you guys doing on the sidelines? Well, I saw it, and we saw it, and then um, we were trying to kind of just figure it out if it was a touchdown or not, and it clearly was a touchdown. And then, you know, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on at the end of the game. It seemed like they were trying to review it or trying to take it back or something like that. I was kind of confused. Like, did we win or not? But everybody came up to me, and they were saying, like, yeah, we won the game. But it was a, it was an exciting feeling, you know, have the, the game being won by our quarterback, you know, that so much you can say so much stuff about. Hey, you guys did your job as well, and I think your coach is going to be uh, sticking around a little while longer, huh? Mike Zimmer, I know there's been rumors out there. How have you guys been handling that? Uh, I haven't heard anything about that, man, you know. We focus on our part, and they focus on their part, so. So our, our main focus right now is going to be San Francisco, and we're excited about it. That's awesome, brother. Congratulations. Uh, go celebrate uh, for as long as you can in this one. You, st- you guys still got work to do, and good luck to you. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. I mean, I think we touched on all of the hot the, the hot button mm-hmm. issues, whether it be the pass interference, whether it be Kirk Cousins, whether it be heck Mike Zimmer maybe being even rumored to to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that's going to be the case now that they got this win today. It seems like he is uh, going to be sticking around the Twin Cities for a while. But Daniel Hunter was a big reason why the Vikings got that victory today. They got after Drew Brees. I mean, it took a long time for Drew Brees to get on track. And I think you can maybe even say that he never really was on track until late in the game. And still, they caused a fumble that really could have doomed the Saints' hopes in regulation. They just got after it today. Yeah, they did. And, you know, you can't say Drew Brees was on with 26-33 and 208 yards, a touchdown and a pick. That's un-Drew Brees-like, especially in the big games. Right, you you expect him to come out and be able to manage the rush and the downs and the situations, and to be able to put something together to pull the team out. And he wasn't able to do it today, and that and that hat goes off to Minnesota. Taysom Hill was leading them in passing for a majority of the first half because of the long bomb that he threw in that first. Now, half. He had a great game. Yeah, Taysom did. Hill had a great. Yeah, game. he did everything. He did everything for them, and uh, but. It, in the end, it wasn't enough. Caught a touchdown pass, uh, threw the long bomb, as we mentioned, had rushing yards, some key third-down conversions. Yeah, it was a big day for Taysom Hill, but that's the last you're going to see of Taysom Hill this season because the Saints' season is over. The Eagles are facing a third down and in inches from the Seahawks' 32-yard line. There's about nine minutes to go. Josh McCown has got the first down on a quarterback sneak. It's 17-9. to Seahawks lead the Eagles, so Philadelphia going to need a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie. They could, if they drive stalls, still kick a field goal and have an opportunity to go for a win if they're able to keep the, the Seahawks in check. But the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, again, playing without Carson Wentz today after he was knocked out with a head injury. He is not going to return. He's E from Salam. I'm Dan Byer. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. We'll bring in the end of what's happening in Philadelphia between the Seahawks and Eagles. And is it the end for Tom Brady? Bill Belichick was asked that question. You'll hear his answer next year on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. Yeah, this guy agrees with me. Yeah. Yeah, he says. Yeah. Yeah, it is us. Get Ephraim on Twitter. Eddie from Salam. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. The Eagles turned it over on downs, unable to convert on a fourth and four in Seahawks territory. But now their defense doing the work. Philly's got all three of their timeouts with 539 to go. And the Seahawks now facing a third down and 12 after Russell Wilson had a snap to him in the shotgun formation that he wasn't expecting, so he had to dive down on it, lost a couple of yards, and then threw an incomplete pass. So I, I just told you from during the break, if you're right-handed, this game is the equivalent of writing left-handed. Yeah, Like well, you're able to write, but just these teams are just not what they could be or once were, but you're still trying to get this done, and it's just – it hasn't been pretty. We've had a lot of drama this weekend, and this, I think, is going to continue with the drama. This one, though, maybe not as pretty as what we saw earlier today, at least in New Orleans at the Superdome. Yeah, it's very frustrating, especially if you are a Seahawks fan like yourself. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It is. I mean, this team, and I think before the Rashad Penny injury, that. Yeah. That injury was the first domino, but they had quite a one-two punch in running the football. They were a legit Super Bowl contender, but now you go down through not only his injury, but Chris Carson's, Dwayne Brown's, uh, Michael Kendricks blew out his knee last week. Like it just it went on and on and on and on for them, and it's just tough to. I mean, you're you're in one game situations, Ephraim. But I think what this is doing, this is masking the the real problems for the simple fact of the Eagles are just depleted, just as you know, 
depleted just as poorly, and they lost their quarterback in the first half of this game. Yeah, it's uh, it's two uh, old people fighting in the ICU ward or at the nursing home uh, who just had their hips replaced, right? It's like, <laughs> who, who's going to give? Yeah. Who's going to give first? <laughs> not the Two bad the- hips out here <laughs> on the field fighting against each other. No, not via the knockout punch. It's going to be the wrong step. It's the, the wrong yeah. step. That's that's it. And, and heck, the fourth and four that the Eagles failed to convert on was a bad pass by Josh McCown to Miles Sanders, where if it's on point, he probably gets the first down and the Eagles are still uh, cooking with gas. Instead, they give it back to Seattle. Seahawks, by the way, punting it back to Philadelphia after not converting at that third and 12. How shocked were you that New England season came to an end yesterday at the hands of the Tennessee Titans? I was not very shocked at all. And I, during the week, I did several hits, and I spoke about this on Friday on The Odd Couple with uh, Rob Parker and Chris Bouchard. I, I, I said, look, don't be surprised if Tennessee goes to New England and beats them. Number one, Mike Vrabel has had – great success against Bill Belichick when they've faced each other Mm -hmm. as head coaches. Number two, the thing that the Tennessee Titans can do and will do no matter what is they will be able to run the football. And Derrick Henry is a, look, man, I don't know if you've seen him in person, but on, on television, he looks like a grown man. He looks like a defensive end. Last, lined up next to the quarterback. Last night, the picture resurfaced of him standing next to Mark Ingram. You know, Ravens yes. running back when Henry was still in Alabama and Ingram was serving as like the honorary captain at the coin toss. And I mean, it was it was like father and son. It's like which one of these guys is in the pros? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And so that ability alone gave them the edge for me. But then I thought. The one thing this year that New England has had a problem with is quarterbacks who didn't care, right? Ryan Tannehill, he didn't have a tremendous game, but he made big passes when he had to, and he's literally playing for the rest of his career. This, this, that was on the line for him. Going in after he got the starting job uh, over Mariota during the year, the team changed, the dynamic of the team. Now they can all of a sudden throw the ball down the field, which was lacking when Mariota was uh, was in control. So now you, you tag that with someone who can and will throw the ball down the field because he has no fear with the running back who's bigger than your defensive lineman with that speed then I thought that defense that we've seen cracks in was going to have a problem, and they did. What I found amazing, and by the way, the Eagles just converted a first down. They are near midfield, 4.30 to go in the game. They have all three timeouts, but the Seahawks are up 17-9. to We'll tell you how this drive transpires. You mentioned Tannehill taking over for Mariota, and yesterday Ryan Tannehill had 72 yards passing. Happens. Hey, the Patriots are, you know, one of the best in the NFL on defense. That happens. Plus, if you're running the ball, maybe you don't need to pass it as much as as you would hope. But what I thought was so great about the Titans, and it's just minor, but they did it at the regular season as well. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill beat out Marcus Mariota, but it doesn't mean that Marcus Mariota doesn't have value. 
So all of a sudden in the game, they end up having a package for him where, heck, if the Saints are going to take Drew Brees off the field, you could figure out something to maybe use Mariota's skills. And Ephraim, even like in, in that scenario, I thought it was positive because you're taking a negative situation of Marcus Mariota's tenure with the Titans, likely being done. He's not going to be back as, as their starter. His contract's going to be up. They're not going to give him a new deal. So they take that, what could be a bad situation, keep him involved, give him some sort of you know situations, and now all of a sudden you're like, wow, look at this team. I thought just something as minor as that was really impressive with the Titans, aside from Derrick Henry running over everyone yesterday. Yeah, obviously New England has a, a lot of issues that they need to deal with. Offensively, they were inept the entire year. Tom Brady didn't have a touchdown pass again. Uh, so – this wasn't surprising to me, and I thought that the the rain would be over either this week or next week for sure. The teams are just better, mm-hmm. right? Teams are better. They were masked under the easiest first half of the season uh, uh, schedule, so that defense looked uh, tremendous. But once they start playing against formidable quarterbacks and formidable teams, they struggle, and that's what I saw. And Tennessee, to me, under – uh, the leadership of, of Tannehill became a formidable team. The Seahawks just committed a big pass interference penalty that will set the Eagles up with a first and 10 at Seattle's 14-yard line. So this was Trey Flowers was called on the defensive pass interference on the Eagles wide receiver. I'd like to guess who it was, but I have no idea who the Eagles wide receivers are right now considering they're so depleted. They do have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard at tight end today, but the Eagles now and Josh... McCown was sacked, so it'll be a second down and about 14, but 3.42 to go. Eagles have all of their timeouts. Bill Belichick was asked today about Tom Brady's status as we jump to the other sideline, and he was asked last night about it, and Tom Brady was asked about his future, Ephraim, of saying, you know, what does the future hold? Retirement was then asked when he really wasn't giving an answer, and he sounded like that would be very unlikely. So it seems that Tom Brady at least wants wants to continue playing, whether it's in New England or somewhere else is not what needs to be decided. Where do you think it, it sorts out with Tom Brady? Yeah, I don't think Tom Brady's going to be back in, in New England. I don't. I think New England, I know Bill Belichick is ready to move on. right? I, I think he was ready to move on a couple years ago when he was forced to, uh, to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think personally, just seeing how things unfolded this year, Tom obviously is – you know, feels a certain type of way uh, about the lack of attention that they've shown and trying to put pieces around him to help him uh, in his old age, right? You, you, mm-hmm. You're supposed to make it easier for him, not harder. <laughs> hey, they th- decided, hey, you're the oldest you've ever been. We're going to make it harder for you to be <laughs> successful. They, they did, They did. you know, try to improve that defense. You know, they did build the defense yeah, but the, now. He's not throwing to his defense. <laughs> He's not throwing to Stephon Gilmore right. he, anybody he, else. He actually wants to throw oh, man, to a, a legitimate receiver, maybe someone who got one Pro Bowl vote, you know, outside of Julian Edelman, which teams realize that if we double him in the middle of the field, then it's, it was over. Sure. It was no receivers outside to do anything. The only saving grace was were the running backs coming out of the backfield. So I just think right now Tom Brady – Maybe ready to move on, uh, put his house up for sale. The trainer put his house up for sale. A lot of things are shifting. Los Angeles 
Chargers are moving into a new stadium. They got well, a bunch of rece- they got a bunch of weapons. Well, Bill Belichick was asked about it last night. Didn't want to talk about it. But the Patriots had another media availability today where Belichick was asked about the future of Tom Brady in the quarterback position. This was the exchange that went down earlier today. Obviously, given Tom Brady's age, and there's been a lot of talk about uh, his future. Do you have a timeline in your mind for when you'd like to sit down? And no. Do you have? Uh, would you like to get clarity on his situation by the time the new league year starts? Look, I mean, I know it's out there, just like there's a lot of other things out there. I mean, we could bring up 50 questions just like that one. And I told her what my state is on that. And so you can ask all 50 of them, and it's going to be the same answer 50 times, Ben. We've been working on Tennessee. It's 12 hours after the game. I'm not going to talk a lot of things about the future because it's not – I'm not prepared to talk about it. I don't have 50 questions. Just I'm sure you do. You can name 50 guys, 50 coaches. I mean, there's plenty. You could talk about anything you want. But in the future, they're all questions that need to be answered at some point in time by the organization, by myself, by the coaching staff, by some of the players. But those are collective decisions that are not made by one person. They're made collectively. There's a lot of time and thought and effort and communication that goes into that. And now is not the time. I certainly appreciate that. I have just one more. Uh, if Tom says he wants to come back and play. And it's the same answer that I just gave you. We can just keep going if you want to. Did you hear the whole question because you talked over some of it? I said, if, yeah, if, I got he, it. if yeah, he says I, he wants to play, is he your quarterback next year? And I gave it the same answer that I just gave you on the other ones, and we can go through some more if you want to. That's fine. What about you, Bill? Will you be back here coaching this team next year? That's, I've just answered all these questions. All the future questions are the future. Right? We're 12 hours, less than 12 hours after the game. I think anybody that's competitive and has been in this type of situation, you know, all your focus is on the game, you know, it's not on something else. So... Hopefully you can respect that, but if you can't, then I've done the best I can to explain it. I'm sorry. I'll try a different one. It's as simple as that. Wow. <laughs> you, know, you know what I have to say? If you're not going to talk about the future, and you just spoke last night after the game, why are you having a press conference today? Right. You shouldn't even be there. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no point. Go home. That, that That's what you are there to talk about the next day because the night before, you talked all about the game that happened last night in the future. So that's a cop-out by Bill Belichick of not wanting to answer the question. Yeah, that is a cop-out, and shame on him because he is a a coach of a professional franchise, and he has a lot to say when they're moving on in the playoffs, a lot to say when they're winning Super Bowls, all of a sudden – he got sour grapes when you're asking very poignant questions about the future of the franchise that you're the lead of. The Eagles on a fourth and seven, unable to convert. Josh McCown brought down by the Seahawks' Jaron Reed. And now the Eagles will need to get a stop if they have any hopes of continuing their season. Heezy from Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. More on Belichick, more on Brady, and more on Jason Garrett, who's out as the Cowboys head coach. I apologize to our good friend David Gascon because I think I just stole his thunder with everything I just said. But let's bring in Dave for the latest. You also need to apologize for what you brought into the studio earlier today. What's that? What you have in there. That's Ephraim. Oh, Ephraim that's, t- treated today. That's good, oh, yeah. baby. That's, that's goodness, yes. man. Did you get some of this? No, nah, I can't, man. What? I gotta be good. Protein? You can't have good. protein? Yeah. <laughs> There's protein and then some, man. You can't get some of this this, this wing stop in here, Listen, man? Listen, when Dan brings that stuff from the studio, it's... it's um, I like how Ephraim brings it in and I'm the one that's getting well, blamed, no. you know? <laughs> well, because well, you bring it into this studio, too. And so every time when you bring it in, I'm like, got any extra for me, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> 
Come get some of this, man. I got a whole bunch in here. I know. I, I had know. a guy once here at work. He will not be named, but I had some food, and he lifted open my box. <laughs> what are you doing? What? Yeah. That's an egregious. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I wonder who it is. Wow. I know one guy that no, it's not. It's no, not Jonas. Yeah, it's it's it's. I don't think it's anybody that you guys would know. All right. It just yeah. <laughs> it's still. Don't good. Then say the name yeah. if we don't know him. Come on. Ah, uh, no, I won't do that to him. Just cough and say it. <laughs> no, won't do it, Kevin. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. That's Kevin. not all I would have done, Dan. <laughs> oh man. Uh, guys, as you mentioned, Dan, uh, Seahawks right now have the advantage. They just stopped Josh McCown and company, so it's 17-9 right now as they're at the two-minute warning in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz was knocked out of this ballgame with a head injury. Uh, Saints earlier today got beat at home by the Minnesota Vikings, 26-20 in overtime. Kirk Cousins threw a touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph, was the game winner. Adam Thielen had seven receptions for 129 yards. Uh, no touchdowns his way. Dalvin Cook did it twice today. 28 carries for 92 yard, 94 yards and a couple of scores. Off the field, Chicago Bears right guard Kyle Long announced his retirement from the league. Uh, in the NBA, a couple games today. One of them included the Clippers. They beat the New York Knicks by three. Kawhi Leonard uh, took the day off because of load management. Anyways, guys, uh, coming back from the television timeout. It's a good one. Seahawks trying to win this game and go to the divisional round. Back to you. Yeah, they'll face Green Bay if they can get it done. If they can't get it done, then the Eagles will face Green Bay pretty much at this uh, same time next week in Titletown in a game that you will see on Fox. The Seahawks defense sacking the Eagles quarterbacks today seven times, something that they didn't do at all during the regular season. Couldn't get pressure, but it helps when you have a backup in. It helps when you have the third and fourth string wide receivers, and that may even be generous when I'm talking about what Philadelphia has put on the field. Do have Zach Ertz today, do have Dallas Goddard, but they only have three field goals compared to the Seahawks' 17 points. The Seahawks now try to get a first down. Eagles, again, have all their timeouts. They did not gain anything on first down. It'll be second down and 10, as Philly calls their first timeout. I want to throw this theory out when it comes to the Patriots because I don't – if Tom Brady, to your theory, is going to move on, are we both in agreement that it would be to – well, I'll, who would be your top candidate? Let me just put it that way. If he was to move on to another team that's not New England, where do you think he would go? Uh, I I think probably the Chargers, but I say that not knowing what they're want that what they want to do with Philip Rivers. I know Philip River Philip Rivers wants to come back. I know they're very loyal to him, and they may give him that liberty to finish out his career there in San Diego. My thing would be, I would say probably uh, the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts would be a great fit for him. That would be crazy. They, 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 I mean, you know, I know it's it's in Peyton's shadow, but the fact that they do have weapons on the outside, they do have a tremendous young offensive line and a young defense that's just getting better and better, and it's a well-run organization. So I, I, I would say I, that would be a great place. I like the. I think that the Chargers, if Brady were to switch teams, to me, are the team they would. They would move on because of that new stadium, because of the hype that would come with it. I know it would not maybe be the most respectful thing to do to Philip Rivers, considering the rivalry that. You know, the Chargers and, and Patriots had. Patriots have rivalries with like five different teams that <laughs> right. they, they seem to beat. The point being is 
though you're moving into that new stadium. What a way to grab headlines when you're moving into that new facility. Seahawks, by the way, in a third and 10. I'm going to give you a crazy scenario after we tell you what happens on this play for Seattle as Russell Wilson looks downfield and has a wide-open DK Metcalf for a first down, and he is just waving goodbye to the Philadelphia Eagles fans, giving them the deuces as the Seahawks are going to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia has just one timeout remaining. Seahawks can run out the clock. Seattle moving on to the NFC Divisional well, you Playoffs. Little, you got a little pep in your voice right there. The Green Bay Packers. I'll <laughs> tell you what, for a team that's decimated as they are, to hear what DK Metcalf had to go through in the in the draft process after that picture came out, everybody was poking holes into his game saying this and that. He came up huge today, and on a third and ten, they go downfield to him where he gets past the uh, the last line of defense for Philadelphia. A huge play, and uh, DK Metcalf has earned it. Now, this is my 160 yards, the most ever in NFL history for a rookie making his postseason debut for DK Metcalf today. Yeah, wow. it, it's um, Russell Wilson found a weapon. Yeah, and a started off slow this year, and, and and but we saw him picking it up. We saw the change. We saw the trust start to grow between. Uh, he and Russell Wilson, and they need this moving forward. Next week, hopefully, they get Dwayne Brown back, sure up that offensive line, mm-hmm. allow them to do different things offensively, take more chances. And, you know, it's a, it, every each one of these games, it's a whole new season. Every time you win, it's a whole new season. So look forward to them getting themselves a little bit healthier and, and going and and, you know, they got to win it all on the road. Yeah, they, they, where they were a better team this year. They were 7-1 and one on the road. They were 4-4 four and four at home. Now, they played some pretty good teams at home. They played the 49ers. They played the Ravens. They played the Saints, games they all lost. They also lost to the Arizona Cardinals in Week 16, which maybe was the most damaging loss because that could have set up a possible home field advantage for them. They ended up losing to the Niners anyway, so the point was moot. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, when they lost to the 49ers last week and came within an inch of scoring and and possibly beating in, in beating San Francisco, if Seattle wins that game, they're still playing this weekend and they're playing against the Vikings team that was just in Seattle about a month ago. You go up against this Philadelphia matchup and now you have a path where you're taking on Green Bay in the next round as opposed to maybe having to to go to New Orleans or where you'd have to go. Like that that to me is Having to play the Eagles, like the Seahawks getting stopped short if they're not going to win the division, better to play the Eagles than it was to maybe have to play the Vikings this week, and it shows as the game is now a final. I have got a theory on the Patriots, and I've kind of we've had this game going on. I want to tell you my theory, and then we're going to dive into the other huge news. Did Jerry Jones pull a fast one on the Philadelphia Eagles as they were playing the Seahawks today? We'll dive into all that as we wrap up Fox Sports Red Zone Radio here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, he's E from Salam. I'm Dan Bayer. Divisional playoff weekend is now set. The final piece of the puzzle is in. The Seahawks will travel to Green Bay to face the Packers next Sunday at a game you'll see on Fox in Green Bay after beating the Eagles 17-9. This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radios. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. During our show, during this Eagles-Seahawks game where Carson Wentz was knocked out and Josh McCown had to uh, replace him, 
News broke that the Dallas Cowboys were officially parting ways with Jason Garrett as the team's head coach. Do you think Jerry Jones purposely dropped this news smack dab in the middle of when the Philadelphia Eagles were playing their game? Uh, how could you not? <laughs> Everything it, about Jerry Jones would echo that sentiment. That's just how it is. I mean, he's going to take the shine and 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 and, and steal the shine, especially from the Eagles. I mean, this could have came out yesterday or Friday. All oh, the decision has Thursday, been made yeah. Thursday. And he waited for this moment. So instead of us talking more about this game, we're talking about that decision and it's trending and, and, and everything else. Although you may want to have the spotlight on the Eagles, considering today they could only muster nine uh, points and three field goals against Seattle in a battle between two severely depleted teams, but the Seahawks survived. Jerry Jones did release a statement making the news official. How does this read to your ear, Ephraim, as part of the statement from Jerry Jones announcing that Jason Garrett is out? In his nine full years as a head coach, he guided our team to three division championships while also having them in position to play for the NFC East title in the last game of the year in four other seasons. How, how does that read to you talking about the three division titles and the four times where they almost had division titles or a playoff berth? Uh, it's just, it's the breakup letter, right? It's the breakup letter from your girlfriend in high school. Now it's the breakup text. Hey, you know, you're great. And we had a lot of fun. I mean, Remember we went to Hawaii and it was so nice and that yes. you know, but it's it's time it's time to 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 move on and I, I I'm holding you back. This is this is how I think it reads. Ed was a valued worker here at the company. During his thirty years, we will miss seeing him in the lunchroom where he spent most of his time. <laughs> okay, that that's that's what basically Jerry Jones is saying is that. Thank you so much for getting us close, but just not where we wanted to be on so many occasions. It is such a backhanded compliment to Jason Garrett that Jason Garrett would be knocked out in the first round. Three division titles while also having them in position to play for the NFC East title in the last game of the year in four other seasons. It's a very, very nice way in saying that he didn't get it done in four situations where they needed a win to win the division and didn't get it done. Yo, question, is he still in his will? I'm just curious about that. <laughs> I, I don't know. You got an answer to Bobo's question? Probably. <laughs> Maybe that's what took so long. I mean, gripes, it's been out since Thursday when Ed Warder at it. Jay Glazer ends up breaking the official news that the Cowboys have parted ways. I think that Mike McCarthy, the way that things stayed out, Mike Zimmer was the name that popped up. Zimmer's not going to take the job now that the Vikings have just beaten the Saints. Now they're going to San Francisco on Saturday. You're going to lose another week of having Mike Zimmer. McCarthy reportedly had a good interview where he stayed the night and met with the team the next day. Talked about all the pro stuff that you wanted. No, coll- You didn't want the college thing. You wanted a, a pro coach, a guy with experience and. He's got that Super Bowl ring that adds the cachet that Jerry Jerry wants. I think Mike McCarthy's going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Makes sense. And, you know, is Jerry going to be able to 
let someone like Mike McCarthy run the organization? Is he going to let him make the football decisions, or is Jerry going to consistently micromanage yep. the coaches and the team? Yep, he will, and he will. I don't think that Mike McCarthy's going to get that. Then how can of, the results yeah. be different? Yeah, that's <laughs> Good question. Maybe, maybe if Dak Prescott develops more into a quarterback, Dak's fine. By the way, I'm I'm fine with Dak. I'm fine with Dak. But I think that Mike McCarthy, the way that these pieces have set out, to me seems to be the the front runner for the Cowboys' job. I'm going to throw one curveball. We heard from Bill Belichick earlier. This seems to have been a triangle between Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick, where it seems Kraft is on the side of Brady. Belichick may butt heads with Brady. They don't see eye to eye, and you got to figure out a way how this is going to move forward. What if, what if the New York Giants said, you know what? You can have our next three first round picks. We want Bill Belichick as our head coach. If you're the New England Patriots, would you consider? I think Bill Belichick wants to be a Giants head coach. Hmm. He is so connected to that organization, despite the great success of New England. There is still such an affinity. The Giants are planning this huge overhaul. What about if Tom Brady's the one that stays and Bill Belichick ends up going? Chances of that happening, Ephraim. Hmm? Oof. That's a tough one. What would that salary be for Bill Belichick? I, I, li- listen, listen. John Gruden got 10 years, $100 million. Like, yeah. What do you pay Bill Belichick? I mean, if you're John Mara or Steve Tisch and you really want to, I mean, Dave Gettleman would have to go because then you let Belichick run everything. I mean, that's not an option that that we should necessarily rule out. Like, I I think that Belichick is is the main reason for the New England dynasty. I agree. And you want to do everything you can to keep him. But if Bob Kraft decided with Tom Brady before, and Bill Belichick has this apple out there of the New York Giants where I think he's always wanted to come back and be the head coach where he maybe could have been 25 years ago if he would have known that Bill Parcells wasn't going to be the coach any longer. That could be an opportunity for him to maybe finally fulfill a lifelong dream. And Ephraim, he would be able to to do that on, I guess, his own terms and fulfill that dream and do so and have it his own way. Not have to, not have to deal with Tom Brady and them again. Just yeah, but I, I, I think Tom is leaving, right? So is, is there a scenario it's easier where both, for him to where, leave. where they both leave? No, no. I, don't, I don't think that. Um, I think Bill Belichick is definitely ready to 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 move on. I don't think Robert Kraft is ready to part with Bill Belichick, no matter what, because he knows in order to succeed after Tom Brady, then you're going to need Bill Belichick. So I I, I think he stays. Josh McDaniels leaves, and what if at the package deal, wherever Josh goes, what if Brady goes with him? I don't know. Who knows? I can't wait to see what unfolds, but me personally, I don't think Tom Brady will be back with the New England Patriots. The easy thing is to say they'll work it out, but realistically, I think it's the least likeliest way. I don't think Belichick wants to deal with Brady as the quarterback anymore. I can pretty much guarantee that. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. It's been a crazy weekend. Had a fun time, Ephraim. We'll do it again next week when the divisional playoffs hit. Let's do it. Hey, tip of the cap today to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings for getting it done. Thanks to Joe Buck and Daniil Hunter for joining us. He's Ephraim Salam. I'm Dan Beyer. This has been Fox Sports Red Zone Radio here on Fox Sports Radio. Talk to you next week. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.